Welcome to Shrinkwrapped. I'm Allison Colarossi here with my husband, Dr. David Colarossi, a psychologist, and we're here with episode number seven. It's pretty good, seven episodes. Not not a fuss or a fight mm-hmm. ever. Okay. We're this is it's ten thirty at night right now, and we're trying to get this in because I think it's been over a week since our last one, and we're committed to doing it once a week, and we've been slacking. So that, late night date night. Yeah. This is how we do. Yeah. And we were both really excited about it, right? No one wanted to go to bed. I like to sleep at 8 o'clock. <laughs> so uh, this is episode 7, and we're going to be discussing the goings-on of today, as well as answering uh, listener questions and my own questions. We had a big, we had a big couple, oh, I, sorry, I jumped in. I'm supposed to say, hopefully you enjoy these um, shrink-wrapped episodes. They're longer now, uh, and we've turned it into a podcast. So if you like them on YouTube, please hit that like button if you haven't already subscribed. Um, and check us out anywhere you get podcasts. You can find Shrink Wrapped. Uh, and we've uploaded, I think, every single episode there now, right? Yeah. So join us there, too. That's fine. If you don't want to look at us. <laughs> Although I will say I put on a special shirt just for this. So hopefully, right? Late night, date night. Thank you, honey. I'm wearing a dress. Okay. So, uh, do you want to talk about what happened this week? So we, so we, I'm trying to think the last time we did this, but I went on a big trip. I think we talked about it. I went on a big trip to Yellowstone, a fishing trip, which was six days. Came back, uh, was here for, I think, two days. Mm -hmm. Flew to California. We live in Denver. Flew to California for my brother's wedding, which which I was nervous about in COVID times, uh, but it went off really well. I don't believe anybody got coronavirus, so I feel like we, like we got away with something. So I flew out there, went to the wedding, which was wonderful. I'm happy I did it, it was beautiful. So then I flew home, and then three or four days later, we drove back out to California with Allison and the kids. Uh, After to, you got tested. So I got, came home, got tested, and they've, I got the, the immediate results, didn't have COVID. Then we drove to see Allison's family in San Diego, and we had a whole week out there. It took 20 was, hours to get to California. Yeah, with a, with a two-year-old and a five-year-old, that's a, that's a rough drive. I think we're heroes. I like that, yeah. That's I think we're mindset. superheroes because most people would have folded like a beach chair. <laughs> I got that criticism, so we'll have to talk, we'll talk about that. <laughs> but we did not, so we we made it. So I would say, what do you give the trip in total? I thought it was an A. I would do it again. I think it. I think. I mean, it's easier if you fly, but it's cheaper to drive and safer. Sure, it was cheaper. We stayed in two hotels. You got to pay for all four of us. I don't know. It may have been. Not with, we got into a car accident um, oh, on the way there by a license, unlicensed, uninsured driver. So that was fun. Yep. In my car. Yeah, that was yeah. Well, welcome to California. <laughs> but it all worked out. It was a good, it was a good... It was a good trip. Um, so what would you say was the most enjoyable part of the trip? Uh, probably we met up with... I mean, selfishly, I like the time with family, but in particular, uh, going to Lake Mead, and we went to with my we met up with my brother and his wife and went to Lake Mead, and then we went to one of the rivers that um, flows out of Lake Mead, which was I thought was a blast. 
yeah those two days that was fun it was unexpected mm-hmm. yeah that was fun I like that we did tie-dye on the beach we played uh, probably my favorite part was playing soccer with your family and the political debates were I really enjoyed those so that was fun <laughs> Allison's family is super political they're 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 super political but they're also uh really not happy when they're talking about politics. Everybody has major opinions about politics, um, and so they're very much dug in, and so it's like the most political family that doesn't talk about politics. And every once in a while, just once a year, uh, we find a way to have a political discussion. Okay, but as the outsider, I enjoy it. Well, you no one else does. You that. stir that pot. You make sure it's yours, but that is what we're going to go back to because we're not talking about that okay. yet. Um, what was the least enjoyable part of the trip? my YouTube experience oh yeah so I don't know if you subscribe to David alone his pop psychology channel it's amazing he talks about all this is that this is the channel oh I mean but the the one where you talk about current events and psychology he recently talked about uh, what's his first name Brian Brian Callen who I don't know who he is he's not my uh, cup of tea I don't think but um David uh, made a, I think it, what, it, what is the, it was a, but, your okay. click, you made your click, he made a click that people were offended by. I made a click? Your icon for the. Oh, okay. People got criticized because my thumbnail was clickbait. Yeah. <laughs> I made a click. <laughs> All right. Brian Callen is a comedian. I'll just give you the kind of 30,000 foot overview. Brian Callen is a comedian that I happen to like. Uh, and like a week and a half ago, he got, uh, he had four different women come out and criticize him of different types of sexual uh, misconduct, ranging from rape 20 years ago to having an affair with the woman and sort of talking about rape like it was okay, and, and everywhere in between. Um, and so I thought, well, this is a good opportunity, this is trending, this is a good way to get, to sort of diversify my audience, so let's talk about Brian Callen. So I did my first video, and if, and if you think about my channel, what I'm doing is talking about modern events, but using those events as a launch pad to talk about issues in psychology. So I was like, well, let's talk about kind of how sexual assault happens. Because I don't think that every person that engages in rape would ever think of themselves as a rapist, right? Very few rapes are the guy that jumps out of the garage or, or jumps out of the bushes and attacks somebody. It's usually acquaintance rape. And the acquaintance rape, rapist, if you ask that person, are you into rape? They would say, absolutely not but they get themselves in a position where they engage in this horrible behavior. So that's what I wanted to talk about. And my thumbnail originally said, uh, I think it was, why did he do it? And I posted it and I went to sleep and I wake up like four hours later and I had like 300 views, a lot of them negative, you know, thumbs down and people just blasting me for the clickbait. The internet hated him. So I changed the thumbnail and then it said, (laughs) how could he do this? That did not slow the tide of negative reviews. You still have haters. Most yeah. most of your haters just don't watch your video, though. They just hate. So what's really annoying is you can look, if you have a YouTube channel, you can see how long someone has watched your video. You can see what the sort of average view time is. And the average view on that video, which was a six or seven minute video, was two minutes. So all of these people had seen my my title, they were all fans of Brian Callen because I did make the mistake of posting that video to a Brian or to a to his, his podcast Reddit page because I knew I would get access to his fans, uh, and they were freaking pissed. 
I have never experienced that kind of uh, online bashing. Now, do you feel what like other people feel that get online bash or why I got ghosted? You know. I don't. Okay, let's look on the spectrum of Dave Hollis doesn't want to be your friend anymore, <laughs> versus somebody that doesn't know me telling me that I'm a, a um, clout chasing quack. Or that I'm that I am um, that you fold like I, a beach no, no, no. chair. So then, I, so then I go, I go, I go. One day I'm like, you know what? I'm about. I'm not gonna care about the coke. These people didn't know who I. They're trolls. I don't care. And so I waited like 24 hours, and I go, screw it. I'm going in. And so then I go in there, and I spent. And we, you and I had a conversation about. I would say that when you you didn't ask me the worst, the best, and the worst part of my vacation, and I would say this was the worst part <laughs> of mine. Just so you know. Okay. So hey, Al, what was the worst part of your vacation? You answering trolls all day. Oh. Well, I'm sorry for that. And I wouldn't, in retrospect, the, the better me would not have done that. <laughs> but, like, it was just so hard. I, mean, I had, I think I've got 350 negative comments. You should go look at the video. You don't have to watch the video. Just look at the comments. And you're going to go, oh, my God. I mean, it is like the underbelly of the Internet that attacked me. So I couldn't help but try and defend myself, which didn't get me anywhere. And then there were women... One in particular that was like, what the hell are you doing? You're folding like a beach chair, uh, which I think is a, I mean, it's, a, it's poetic. It's my favorite line. I'm going to use it all the time. <laughs> so, so I was, people were really upset with me for that video. So I go, well, I'll wait and I'm going to do another video that will be the sort of the other side of it. I'm not, um, condemning or, um, you know, um, removing blame from Callan. I just said, I'll use that same scenario and talk about, well, what would the psychological impact be if someone were wrongly ac accused? And I did that video, and I thought, that will make things right. It did not. People were also pissed at that video. And that same woman who said I was folding like a beach chair said that I was pathetic and still folding like a beach chair for my second video. No one thinks I'm a psychologist. I mean, it was like, it's been, from a YouTube standpoint... Not so good. I think the net net, I think we need to sum that up as a lesson. Well, why learned. are you, I have a question for you. How would you, how would you handle that? Oh, I like would not. Please don't ever do that to me. <laughs> well, what, yeah, so what do you do? If this is it's you and they are, these are ad hominem attacks about you. It's not about your content. It's about you being a crappy person. How do you handle that? Well, I would not respond back to them, by the way. Really? Because for sure I would have a typo. <laughs> so yeah I, I wouldn't respond because I feel like honestly they are taking they took so much of your energy and time and they literally put one second of thought into it so they won in my mind but if I don't respond then I'm just pissed all day because this moron is but, feels but then let's go back to let's go back to like I don't know what theory it is, but if you're get if you're pissed all day, it's you that loses. That guy's not losing, so you're actually he's winning. You let him win by being pissed all day. I would just feel sorry for him. Like, what did his mom do to him? <laughs> that's good. I, that's good. I'm not there. Uh, I'm not. Get, I'm not, get there I'm not, sooner. I'm not there. Get there sooner. I'm not there yet. Yeah, I need you to get there sooner. Okay. <laughs> Allison did not have much tolerance for my uh, feuding with trolls. Okay, yeah. Nope. What was your what was your favorite part about the vacation? Being with my family, spending a lot of time with my kids and um 
hearing my two-year-old sing Frozen. I didn't think that was a thing, but he knows all those words. Yeah, that was fun. So uh, it was a really good trip. Um, so then, okay. Driving 20 hours and being on a, tri- on a trip with kids. It's not a vacation. How do you make it feel more of a vacation? Because it seems like a lot of work the whole time. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm just making your answer is going to be better than mine. I, I don't know. Here's what I, would, here's what I would say is I don't think that I think we have to give ourselves the pass. Like if I think about the amount of time that those kids over that 20 hours spent with some kind of electronic in their hand, it wouldn't be a flattering number, right? But I also think that there are times when we have to say, we just got to survive and make this as enjoyable for everybody in the car. So let's do this. You know what I mean? So I think, we, I think that usually I think we're pretty uh, uh, intentional about limiting the amount of screen time the kids get. And I feel like one thing that we did well is that you and I didn't have any discussion about, hey, you know, they've been watching for an hour. Let's remove the iPad. Like we let them do what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I thought. Yeah. I thought that was good. I thought it was good that we, that we, um, like we're pretty good about stops. Went to a stop. Went. I went for a run at one of the stops. Like I think we weren't rushed when we were stopping. We had small adventures. Yeah, yeah. small adventures like going to Hoover Dam, going to Moab, those kinds of things. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. No, I think that. I think the car ride um, was fine. Like it. It could have been. <laughs> well, how would you do it differently? I don't know. I I think we think of. I think of we think of a vacation with kids as a trip, not a vacation because it's not really it's a family trip. Yeah, it's a lot of your on time because when you have littles, like you're worried about them drowning. My my five year old thinks he's a good swimmer. I don't want to be here, but he's not. And so the whole time you're like you have to be hyper vigilant the whole time. So you mean it's like not, at Lake Mead? Lake Mead, the the pool. Like I feel the ocean. And then the two-year-old is just kamikaze. Yeah. Won't wear his floaties. But, but, but back to the trip, though. How would you do it? Anything that you would do differently? Like the actual travel there? No, I think the mindset that it is not a recovery trip. Yeah. Like, I always think of vacation as being a recovery. But you, that those trips are not recovery. I have, we have not had a recovery vacation. I need a recovery. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can we talk about some of the fights that we had? No. Here's my favorite one. So, let me know. They're gonna now. They all want to hear. So on the way out, Allison goes. We need to plan this thing. So David, she sadly she only has one partner. So she needed to, it was on me to help plan the trip. And so the first stop was Moab, which was half hour out of the way, both ways. So I, we burned an hour on the way out there. Right. So it was like twenty one hours. Yeah. So she wasn't happy about that. And then on the way back, we go. You know what? We could have driven past Moab. So let's not plan anything. And then we're at, I think it was 2 o'clock in the morning, yeah. one thirty in the morning, and we don't have a hotel. And then I go, oh, I'm tired. Let's find a hotel. So Allison's on the phone, like, trying to find the next hotel. And that these towns in the middle of Utah, there's a baseball tournament. And the, the guy's like, hey, sorry. In the middle to- of COVID? What yeah, is happening? Our, our town is shut down, and the nearest hotel is an hour and a half away. And that was a, an uncomfortable, that was a disappointing finding. That was there's some distress there. I like a little more structure. <laughs> I would say. 
a lot more structure. <laughs> okay, so let's go back to the politics. I okay. want my so my family is very political. They I think they would consider themselves they're very educated. One is a PhD, one's a physician, um, one is an educator that was there, you're a PhD. Um, I have a master's degree, so like heavy education. And your your twin. No, he wasn't there. Oh. Yeah, I'm talking. I'm just talking. Okay. So like, there's a lot of um, a lot of opinions, and they and my family thinks of themselves like I would say like the the, the alphas. Think yeah, of there's the, the opinions. Uh, there's also ego there, and I'll take my part of that ego. You yeah. are in it. Yeah, you yeah. are one of the alphas. I would say my oldest brother is an alpha, and my dad, and then my brother-in-law. Your brother in law wasn't there. I know, but you weren't talking he about. just will text he about may, it. <laughs> yeah, he'll text. You'll see this, okay. Um, so, there, it's heavy. So, like, David likes to bring up politics because David thrives in that environment of... Or you like the... You like heated debate. I don't like to sit down for dinner and talk about nothing. <laughs> So like for me, if it's an emotional conversation, if there's if there's energy behind the conversation, then I enjoy it. But like talking about, you know, the best way to cut a watermelon is understimulating. So I like to have a, you know, energy. <laughs> um, yeah. So David stirs the pot, and my brother gets very emotional, and my dad is, I think, like you, where he is unemotional about it. Like, he doesn't... My mom is emotional, but... Um, I feel like my dad is thinking it's fun. Like, he likes the energy behind it. And and I think my brother gets emotional. Yeah, Where, what I, mean, are I think they're both... I think that they're... I think everybody's emotional about it. And that when we were talking about... Before this... Before the started, we were talking about... Well, so what are, do you have questions set up? And one of the questions she said, I'm going to ask about... Let's talk about the family trip. And specific, in particular, talking about politics. Uh, and so what I was, so this one I'm more prepared for, and the, here's what I would say is I think a lot of families have this challenge of talking about politics. And so the only advice I would give is that you, I think it's really easy. If you were, if you had a third party that were able to watch the conversation about politics in any family, I think that third party would be better at knowing what's happening and navigating the dynamics. But when you're in the family, there are so many um, emotional and sort of psychological ties and relationships that are driving that conversation that no one's talking about. And your job, I think, to effectively navigate that environment if you're in the family, right? So if it's my family versus your family, it's, it's harder for me to navigate it objectively when it's my family versus yours. Yeah. Because you have relationships with your brother. You, have a, you, you look up to him in a lot of ways. You look up to your dad's dad in a lot of ways. So I think it creates stress for you that, that them having tension. Yeah, I have to or, run away. I can't be perfect. Right, so there's, yeah. but there's, and so I think that the task is or the challenge is, is how do you have a conversation with your parent or your brother uh, and step out of it enough to, to really be objective? And here's the trick is everybody thinks that they're objective, but they're not objective. Everybody thinks that their mindset is the clearest. And it's from the outside, it's obviously not. <laughs> and so the more you can, it's just a, it's a difficult thing to do. Yeah. Well, you know, when the holidays, they're going to start coming up. So people are going to need to know that because I'm sure every dinner table is going to be like that. Yeah. And also, 
I finished Brene Brown's book. So I think this is a good segue because this huge, um, this huge, I don't know the right word I want to say, but I want to say tour boss. Do you have a better word for that? Between the political sides is so big that what she says in her book, it's creating loneliness. Do you agree? Why is it creating loneliness? I only listened to the last half of her book. Why is it creating loneliness? Well, she says because everyone feels like they need to um, gravitate to more people like themselves. Mm-hmm. And apparently, and that dehumanizes like the other side. Yeah. So you are. Yeah. 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 I agree. And so then, like, then you're just lonely with your side, and um, and then you feel like you can. By dehumanizing the other side, it's okay to hurt them. Yeah, and I guess I would say, and this is probably what she's, I'm sure she's saying, something similar to this. If you, if you pick something that is actually relatively arbitrary, like your political stance, you're, and you're saying, I don't want anybody who is conservative or I don't want anybody who is liberal, well, you've cut, your, you've cut the pie by 50%, and the people that you have grouped yourself with oftentimes aren't like you. Right, they could be voting that way or view the world that way because of. I mean, think about how complex politics is. It's so complicated. So you could be voting conservative because of your view on uh, a woman's right to choose, or you could be voting liberal because of your view on immigration. But everything else could be. Di- you know what I'm saying? So you could be. People are passionate about different particular topics there, and so you can be all of a sudden you're around people that really don't see the world like you do. They just see one particular issue that lines up. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, is that what she's saying? Is that's, that's why it's more isolating? Because now you're with people that vote like you but don't necessarily see the world like you? Well, I, I don't know if that's what she was saying, but I do like that. Um, I do like that. I think that's a good way to say it. I think, I, it's, I I think it's like, the inherent judgment of other people creates loneliness because one of the things that she said that I resonated with me is like you can't you don't hate anybody up close right if you I do believe that I believe that so strongly that if you aside from the absolute extreme 99% of the population if you really knew who those people were you would like them very few people are at their core evil Mm-hmm. Right, like I don't even I don't believe in the concept of an evil person. I think that if you really knew who everybody was, and you really knew everybody's story, and you knew why they made the decisions that that they made, I think you would have a lot more grace and tolerance for people that sort of approach things differently than you. But what we do is we go, oh my God, you're voting for Trump? Well, then you must be a racist, right? We default to that kind of very black and white thinking. Or you're going to vote Democrats? Well, then you know, then you you must be a socialist, right? We just all of a sudden split it really in a uh, negative way. Yeah. Yeah. And what's crazy crazy about it, just back to the family piece, what's crazy about it is people will do that to their family. Like you grew up, you grew up with, you know exactly who this person is, but because they're voting for the wrong party, you then think they are the crazy lunatic end of that problem. Or you you dehumanize them as, um, which I, um, if you haven't read Brene Brown's new book, I am a huge fan. Um, it's about loneliness and um, it's called and, and standing alone and being okay and comfortable. But she talks a lot about Maya Angelou. Um, 
And I did learn a new term that, well, anyway, read the book. I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it for but you. The, but the, I'm, I'm, I've only seen half Braving it, but, the wilderness. But what sorry. I thought was, in the part that I heard that I thought was impressive was that the, I felt like she was encouraging people to be intentional about being who they want to be and not feeling like they have to align with an ideology that they don't agree with for the social support. So like, for example, if you are in, let's just stick with the political piece. If you are, uh, you've always voted Democrat, but you disagree with that social group, it's okay for you to say, I'm not willing to hang out with that social group and I'm gonna make my own political decisions. Oh yeah. In an effort to feel like you have to align yourself socially. Or like you you're just don't wanna like make the effort because you wanna fit in. Yeah, I said it backwards. So what she's saying is, if you, you don't wanna let your need for social support, you don't want that to drive your decisions. You should make your decisions, and the social support will follow you. Yeah, and being authentic yeah. to yourself. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I really liked about the book is how she um, has evolved and given tips, basically, on how to deal with people um, that, like, you feel, I guess, like, in, in this situation, how my my family could better handle each other is, well... Like, be curious. Well, why do you think like that? Why is that better than this view? And then actually listen to the answer. I know that my family, they don't listen to each other's answers. They are just spouting off facts and then waiting to spout out the next fact before actually, like, inhaling and listening to each other, you know? And so I feel like that's a really, is that, that's a really good point. Like, mm -hmm. tell me why that's the right way. Or in and like really try to understand, you yeah. know. If you had a learner's mind. A learner's yeah. mind. Yeah, you'd like be in a better spot. Yeah. yeah. For sure. So, so, but, but about that, I think um, one of the things she said is she talks about connection and how important it is to your health. And we're seeing all kinds of staggering statistics here in Colorado about, um, heart disease and overdoses during COVID. And um, I was just wondering how, how, if you had any ideas for people to build connection during this lonely time. So I actually think that it is, it's, a, it's, it's, uh, it's both harder and easier now than ever. Um, so it's funny, one of the things that, so I work in the corporate space I'll have to, I'll, with, with companies and a lot of times the concern is, not a lot of times right now, the concern with all of my clients is how do I create a healthy team environment uh, in COVID? And the answer is always, you know, well, you can do something like a, you know, a, a virtual happy hour or check in on some topic or, or whatever. There are things that you can do, and, but, the, but the solution is not in particular to do a happy hour or to do a check-in on a particular topic, the solution is to be trying to find that solution, right? So whether or not that is a virtual happy hour, whether or not it's doing a virtual tie-dye session, whether it's not, uh, whether or not it's getting ready for the uh, NFL um, season and setting up a pool, wh whatever it is, you wanna have things that groups of people are doing that forces them to be connected. Why I say it's easier and harder, it's harder to get that one-on-one -on -one time, but never before have people been intentional about trying to find ways to connect. So for example, if I think about my interactions with my college friends, 
I have not had as much contact with college friends. I think you also haven't had as much contact with your college friends as you have had during COVID. Because during COVID, people go, oh my God, I need social contact. Let's be intentional about reaching out to our network. And so I think that, you know, I don't know what the actual like right thing to do to reach out, but I think at least your audience is more receptive now to reaching out. They have more time now to focus on that relationship. So in that way, it's a good opportunity Yeah. in COVID. I was just thinking about if you need a tip, this is my favorite thing to connect with people right now is, is if you have an Apple watch and you notice somebody else does, you can always challenge them to exercise competitions. And it's motivating and gets you to move every day. And also, um, bragging rights mm-hmm. for couch, you know, if other people want to be a couch potato. And you like start talking, you start talking smack. They have auto replies that are really fun. But, but yeah. <laughs> I digress. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. that's all we have for today, right? Unless. Unless I have anything else? No, I think that's all I have. I'm just, I'm just trying to think about that last question about how to stay connected. And I think the answer is be intentional, be, be more comfortable reaching out and setting something up because, you know, there are a lot of creative ways to. Yeah. I have this great friend who is always like coming up with things to do. We went rollerblading, you know, and starting new hobbies. So yeah, like I think it's so cool at the park. There are always groups of people that are, you know, have their chairs staggered six feet apart. And I wonder like if this weren't happening, would those six people be getting together? Would they be as intentional about creating that time together as they were? You but know if I mean? you don't feel, so I guess the question is, if you don't feel like you have someone to get together to, what do you do? Are you just saying, go do it? Like, I'm saying it's a better time. I think there's more opportunity now to reach out than there was before. It, you know what I mean? It, I think a year ago, it would have been weird, weirder, not weird, but it had been weirder for me to reach out to my coworkers at work and say, hey, let's, let's meet on Friday afternoon and do Trivial Pursuit. Now, if I do that, like that's what we've got, like I just had a colleague reach out and say, well, I'm setting up this thing on the weekend, we're doing Trivial Pursuit, and all the consultants were like, yeah, let's do that. Right, that's more contact than I would have had, and it wasn't weird for him to reach out and say I'm doing Trivial Pursuit. But a year ago, it would have been like, it's kind of weird. I'm busy you know, on the weekend. You, you, you know what I'm I saying? Things it's, going, it's a yeah. little bit different, so. Yeah. Well, um, if you guys have any tips on that, uh, I'm always looking for better ways to connect. So please put that in the comments section. Yeah. And if you have questions that we can talk about here, that would be wonderful if you put them in the comments. Yeah. And like and subscribe. Thank you so much. Thank you.